into the contest. It's Thursday, the 14th of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shadwicker here, filling in for Tim Gilbert. And Shado was too much of a coward to come in here this morning <laughs> after State of Origin. But thank God, Chris Glassick's come in here to face the music. How you doing, mate? Ah, uh, Shad, I feel like I'm taking the first hit up of an Origin <laughs> bruiser that we just saw because Shane Lee's throwing me a hospital pass here. Yeah, good morning. You sound very excited. Oh, man, I'm so stoked. We've got, we've got some sport news to get into, okay? But today on the show, of course, we'll be talking yeah. State of Origin. Queensland winning the decider 22-12, to one of the greatest victories of all time. We've got some AFL to talk about. Buddy Franklin could be on the move, a bit in cricket and much more. So let's just get into it. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. <laughs> oh, it's about time. It's so good. So good to be here this morning being able to talk this up. Queensland have won the state of origin for 2022 in what was, you have to say, even though it was in Suncorp, this was an upset and an upset for the ages. $3.30 they were on most bookie marks uh, just before kickoff. Thoughts? Feelings? How are we? <laughs> oh, what an absolutely captivating game of rugby league, Shad. Uh, rip it off like a Band-Aid. Well done, first of all. Congratulations. Before the uh, the encounter, I, I sent Shad a, a meme predicting pain. Uh, Clover Lang from Rocky 3. It was more like Rocky 2, wasn't it? Where yeah, they uh, were just battering each other until someone fell over and someone eventually got up first and it was... Queensland, well done. Uh, what, an, what an incredible, incredible game. That was a throwback to the 80s. It had everything. It had just absolute uh, just carnage for the first 10 minutes. We'll get on about the, the concussions soon. But uh, it also had great skill. Ponga was absolutely magnificent. A 10 out of 10 performance. He he's, was just in, incredible the way, not only he uh, stepped inside, it was the old Kalen Ponga. It was the one we've been dying to see. It was the one that Newcastle fans have probably been saying, where has it been? Yeah. Um, but but he was just incredible. Burst through the line a number of times. His footwork lit up Lang Park and probably was the difference in the end when he weaved through New South Wales defence to notch his first ever try uh, for the Maroons. James Tedesco too on the other end, the other number one, so smart, made so much, uh, so many yards uh, up the middle of the ruck. He was everywhere. And if New South Wales had won, he probably would have been man of the match. Shad, uh, it's your it's your glory, mate. <laughs> what, what did, what did, where do you see it? Mate, I've got to say, yeah, like that game from Ponga was what we've all been wanting to see for quite some time, uh, which was absolutely unreal. I mean, Look, let's just break down the game. I'll get into my bias commentary in a second, but this is probably one of, and it's easy to say being in the winner's circle, but whichever team won this, it was going to go down as one of their greatest victories in at least yeah. recent memory. I mean, for yeah. Queensland, you know, this is 
two years removed from the worst ever Origin team managing to Can we stop there. saying that? Well, that's you guys. Every time we say that's that. That's what you guys said, <laughs> and we won. And that was like, that was a huge upset. Two years removed. I mean, you lose two players before kickoff. I mean, we'll leave the Talungi one out. I mean, he was a replacement winger anyway. You kind of move in Gary Oates, who'd done a lot of those dirty metres, Corey. But, uh, you know, losing Munster in a decider when he was the difference in game mm. one, yeah, and he was huge. probably the only spark in what was an absolute flogging in Perth, uh, was a huge ask anyway. And then to go into the first three minutes of the game for both sides to lose a player each and then Queensland to lose another, which was their other star winger that everyone was hoping to see a great game of. And I was hoping Cobbo was going to light it up last night and that was yeah. that was a brutal knockout there that we're yeah, glad to hear glad to hear today that he's the next fine. Um, it is just the concussion, which is awesome to hear. But a lot of wobbly legs in that first three minutes that made it feel like the game would be going for half an hour. Oh, it was incredible, wasn't it? I turned to my – I watched it with my four-year-old because it was sort of the first state of origin he's got into, thanks to Bluey. Um, but he uh, – I've got him on the blue side, and I turned to him after about five minutes and the game had been going 15 minutes. I turned to him and said, mate, you're not playing this game. Mate. Like, we're playing soccer. Mate. Like, I don't want you to be in that. <laughs> it was – I was scared watching it. It was – and I've been watching rugby league my whole life, but it was just another level, wasn't it? And it's why so few can play at that level – for so long, 80 minutes of just absolute carnage yeah, and, and just picking yourself up. And the raw, I mean, there's nothing like Lang Park. I'm maybe a blue, but that, that whole second half, the raw for the 40 minutes was just intoxicating. It was every play, every hit. They just kept getting louder and louder. Now, we'll, we'll wrap up Origin here, but I will be remiss oh. without saying Patrick Carrigan getting the Wally yeah. Lewis medal, I think, was great. He's He's been yeah. such a workhorse for Queensland. Uh, ben Hunt, it was great to see him for a guy that's had the the monkey on his back from the drop ball in the grand final to then have his great moment, the big game, the charge down to catch the ball to score the winning try at the end. That'll go down as one of the great origin moments. We'll be seeing that replay for decades in Queensland. Mm. Uh, but my favourite moment came after the game. Andrew <laughs> Johns on the panel. <laughs> having a big sook and kicking his toys out of the court, taking his ball and going home. <laughs> and to Andrew Johns, I say this morning, get used to it, big fella, and we'll see you next year. <laughs> uh, uh, this is the reason why he said it. People like you, Shad. I'm sick of this, BS. <laughs> what a sook. What, what, what an amazing... But, it, but the fact that it was genuine made it so intoxicating and made it a great TV moment. It wasn't a put-on-staged... Uh, throwing your, your toys out of the cot. He just genuinely threw them. It shows you the insight to how competitive he was as a player. But, wow, that's – what happens there? What do you do if you're Channel 9? Do you just say, okay, great moment, move on? Or do you actually take action? Mate, I don't care. Keep him in there don't next you? year. Prop him up and we can watch him yeah. lose again. Uh, <laughs> Make him walk down Caxton Street. Let's take a quick break. And coming up next, we will talk cricket, AFL, and some big news in boxing as well. All right, big news in cricket. Uh, South Africa have announced that they're going to be pulling out of the January one days against Australia, which actually has good news for BBL fans, it would seem. Absolutely, yeah. And it's such a big season, isn't it, Shad, for the BBL? They had a bit of a drop in the ratings last year. They really need a good one. And the fact that uh, the 
the test players, the, the one-day players, will be released early. And uh, really, from the end of January, it's all over for the Australian cricket. In fact, it's uh, all done by January 8 when the, the tests are done. Uh, South Africa pulling out of the one-day internationals. They're asking the Cricket Australia administrators for a bit of leeway. It's always a problem with these two test nations because they have their summer on the, the same time and they want to sort of get the same revenue from their domestic crowd. So, yeah, it ends on January 8 after the Sydney test. The Proteus fly home, but uh, probably a really important uh, aspect for the BBL, as you said, because the, the stars get to show their wares and, and they really need a, a big season just to get interest back in. Yeah, and it'll also stop them from having that Steve Smith type debacle that they had towards yeah, the finals, absolutely. which is perfect. Uh, let's have a look at AFL. This one's crazy at the moment. Could we be seeing Buddy Franklin leave the Swans or dare I say retire? Because he wants more money. How much more do you want when you've got $10 million over nine years? <laughs> yeah, but there's something about going to the table. Apparently the Swans tabled an offer to him that was less than half of his salary at the moment. When you sit there as Buddy going, I just kicked a 1,000 goals and had everyone flog the SCG, I can understand why he still but wants a, bit, a little bit more than half. He's 35. <laughs> And he got ten million <laughs> yeah. in nine years. I don't care if they paid me ten bucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm loaded. Yeah, it's uh, he would he'll get offered around about half a mil, and uh, you could get seven hundred to eight hundred in the open market. I'm sure this is just a negotiating tactic. I think we'll see Buddy in, in red and white. Um, I mean that whole moment for the Swans uh, when he. Um, you know, when the crowd stormed the pitch uh, after he kicked that uh, historic goal, such a big mo- moment marketing. The Swans won't be prepared to let him go. I'm sure they'll get more, a bit more coin out of him. Um, but, you know, he's a swan now. Like, finish <laughs> in Sydney for me. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, if I'm Buddy, I'm sitting there going, mate, if, if, they, if the rumours are true and Dusty's going to come to Sydney, mate, sign up for one more he's year. He's not retiring. <laughs> yeah, like he's not said, stick around for one more yeah, year. yeah. Uh, in the world of boxing, it's finally happened for Tim Zhu. He's going to get his US title fight over there to impress. It's locked in for Jamel Charlo for January next year. How good. Undisputed super welterweight champion, uh, Jamel Charlo. Uh, a, a fighter that does have some flaws, uh, but is a really formidable opponent. And if there's any weakness or chinks in the armour, Tim Zhu will find him out. He's such a, a mathematician as a boxer, but does pack a punch. See, people don't think that Tim Zhu's got the, the knockout punch. He does, because he, he does it with timing. Um, I, I, I just, Tim Zhu's, I'm all on the Tim Zhu bandwagon, have been from when he beat Tim, uh, uh, beat Jeff Horn. Um, I just, he just keeps getting better and better. And I think he's going to win this one, Chad. I, I just, he's got that look, yeah. uh, even though it's such a formidable uh, opponent. We don't know where yet, but January 28 in America, which will be January 29 our time. Um, exact location still to be determined. But uh, the fact that I just love Tim Zoo. He talks his other opponents up instead of down and then just knocks them down. So uh, he's such an exciting talent for Australian boxing exact replica of his dad. My God, he looks like him. What a doppelganger. Yeah, but you know what? This is the problem he's going to hit. It's the problem that a lot of Aussies hit. No, not even that. I don't think it's not even to do with in the ring. It's it's more about um, in the boxing world, you've got to be able to hype up the fight. And that's where I think the big challenge is here because – 
Charlo's already done the Tim Who, Tim Kazoo, blah, blah, blah uh, stuff a month ago, but this is a breakthrough fight. You want to win this title? 100%. But even winning the title doesn't guarantee that you're going to be this spectacle, this boxer that gets these big-name fights because it's all a booker's yep. market. You need to make a spectacle. You need to be smack-talking. Yeah. You need to get hype going. And he need, if he's not able to do it, he needs someone in his camp to be a loudmouth and start baiting it- this fight. Because it needs to be a spectacle for things to move forward and to get what I he totally wants understand out. where you're coming from there. I, I think it's his point of difference, which I like, but I agree that someone in his camp needs to step up and say something stupid. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Speaking of saying something stupid, Jake Paul is in the oh. news again. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to say something controversial here. I am coming around to Jake Paul. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm kind of on board at the that moment. Makes, it's that hard. Makes one. You. You want to hate him, but yeah, then there's some things he says that you're like, <laughs> but some things he says you're like, okay, that's actually not a bad point. Um, but at the moment he is uh, giving it to Dana White from the UFC. What are they banging on about this time? Uh, well, he's giving him a box, a, a birthday uh, box. Uh, it just happened to have a cool quarter of a million in cash in, in the, oh uh, the UFC president, Dana White, uh, giving one of the Nilk boys, uh, of course, uh, Kyle Forgeard, Um yeah, he's a YouTube vlogger, for those that don't know him. Perhaps probably the most prominent member of the Nelk Boys. And uh, that's been an ongoing uh, feud and issue, hasn't it? But um, mm. yeah, just gave him... Well, the, the big the big complaint is all the UFC fighters going, well, hang on, we're underpaid, you know? And it's been a pay dispute for so long. And he's just got a cool quarter of a meal just to splash around on a birthday gift. I tell you what, I just had my birthday, Shad. Yeah. I couldn't even get a $110 bloody fire pit out of my <laughs> wife. I don't know where, where a box of... Uh, quarter of a mil comes in. I tell you what, a box of O'Brien beers. You've got me there. Oh, look at that. He sneaks in the sponsor. What a cheeky man. <laughs> uh, look, uh, we've got two more things to wrap up here. Tiger Woods as uh, a voice in golf that you definitely listen to when he has something to say. He has finally given his opinion on this live golf Greg Norman drama at the 150th yeah. uh, British Open. Tiger Woods, yeah, certainly uh, rallying against the breakaway Live Golf series, uh, saying that they made the right call by not inviting the Great White Shark to the 150th Open celebrations. Now, we already knew he wasn't going to play, but uh, Greg completely snubbed from the champion's dinner. Uh, Woods was saying he disagrees with uh, what they've done with this tour, uh, turning their backs on on what has allowed players to get into this position and that... uh, that players won't be motivated to, to it's just a spectacle and exhibition event and, and that, uh, that the organisers were right to turn their back on Norman. It's getting so bitter. It's so it's it's all over rights. It's all over the flexibility of schedule. Uh, Greg did try this yeah. in the 90s and has come back and, and at least got the uh, to the ground now. But uh, I don't know about this. It, it's just, it's an ugly, really ugly look for golf. Look, most sports go through it, don't they? We went through it with the Super League. Uh, cricket had its World Series. I hope golf can come to a resolution with it soon. But it's really ugly when you know great champions like Greg Norman are being snubbed from the home of golf. Yeah, I, I, it's a weird one, this live golf one. I'm not a big golf guy. I'm awful at the range. Mm. But for mine, <laughs> I'm like, this only matters because US, the biggest US sport in the NFL is not on yet. Yeah. Like as soon as that starts, no one's going to give a stuff about golf. Well, I mean, I do. I love I love the, the open. <laughs> but like, but you know what I mean? Like PGA is based out of the US. Oh, absolutely. Like they're, they're big, they're hype, they're tours. This is only getting a lot of steam because of that. Once that goes, a lot of the eyes fall off just just to, like just by the numbers that even live, live golf will feel the pinch of eyes removed more. 
I feel, because its relevance is the biggest issue. Like you said, it's an exhibition. Yeah, well, it's just money and but no substance, isn't it? It's a cash grab with no substance, and that will that will disappear mm. eventually. It's not like the PGA um, acquire boys, though. No, no, exactly. But already they've seen a boost in the purse, and you kind of go, oh, that's interesting. You yeah, have money exactly. They'll come, they'll come to an agreement eventually. Uh, last one is, I like this story, the Tour de France Stage 10 um, neutralised to clear protesters off the road. Now, these protesters were protesting... Uh, for climate change, which I find weirdly ironic because it's a cycling event. <laughs> if they should be cheering them yeah, on, shouldn't anything, they? Yeah, you've mixed this up. You should be at the F1 or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, you'd get it at the F1, wouldn't you? Yeah, but this they, is the thing about the debate. It's so <laughs> convoluted and so bizarre. You're in the wrong, you're in the wrong place. If yeah. you're, like People watching cycling are on your side. <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? Like, you don't have to kids them. These are the guys. They're your guys. These are your people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go over to the V8s. You need to well, be you know Bathurst. what I learned from it? We only have 989 <laughs> days left, apparently, says one of the activists who wore a T-shirt oh. saying. Count oh. them down. Bloody hell. Okay. Well, I tell you what, at least, at least it ends the New South Wales pain in 989 <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, we can win two more origins in that. Yeah. That's it for Afternoon Sport today, so make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening. But before we go, a big thank you to our sponsors. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And, of course, we will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.